Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Dota Box Podcast. Well guys, welcome to the pilot episode remastered. We wanted to re-release our first episode. Um, not that our first episode was bad, but gaining a lot of experience in the two and a half years, you know, you learn a lot of things. And so we wanted to do the remastered version of it. It's going to be pretty much the same, but uh, just with a little bit of twist. But before we do that, I think we should give our newcomers a little bit of backstory and history about who we are the donut box podcast and what that even all means yeah so let's first talk about our friendship and where we started so chris and i uh have been friends since about eight years old the wonderful time of 2003 shout out to the early 2000s kids we had a great time anyways um so we actually met at church and um we became friends pretty quickly um took a minute but you'll hear about that story uh, a little later on we actually didn't like each other at first but became really good friends and you know i've had a whole bunch of wacky antics since yeah so the reason why this is called the dono box podcast is it's actually kind of a spin off of a tv web series or i guess that we used to do and i can't say the name of it so we don't get sued but we basically wanted each segment to be uh, a different donut out of the box um and we wanted it to be a variety show so we wanted it to be from everything from sports to stories to history to quizzes you name it and so each segment is a different donut and each donut is a different topic that we talk about all throughout so we are welcoming you guys to the pilot episode remastered are you ready to jump into our first segment micah yeah let's do it our first segment is the old-fashioned donut which is a story from our past now you have heard that micah and i became friends and we hung out a lot. We've been friends for going on 20 years now, and it's crazy to think about that. And so uh, when we got to be, I think it was 12 or 13, um, that was kind of the age where my mom started giving me a little bit more freedom. And Micah had just seen this new, cool, interesting movie with his parents, uh, his parental units, and he was like, hey, man, you should definitely go see it i want us to go see it together i really liked it uh it's a new it was is a new will smith movie coming out do you want to want to jump in here yeah i am legend if you haven't seen it it's actually a very very good movie love the movie and especially at the time so um kind of going back uh meeting in church we were i wouldn't say sheltered chris was more sheltered than i was i would say shout out to shout out to his mom who's probably listening number one fan we love you out there you know his his parental units were a little bit more strict than than mine were and so uh i really wanted to go see i am legend come out saw all the ads on tv and whatnot uh it was rated pg-13 i was 12 i think i just i don't remember i i think i was about 12 so went and saw it and of course talking to my friend was like yeah we got it we got to go see it but i already knew from the onset it wasn't going to happen. Like we were going to have to pull some strings or something because when I say that Chris's parents were strict, I mean, they, they wouldn't even let him watch some things on Disney Channel like that's so Raven uh, because she could see the future and things like that. You know, do you want to expand on that at all, Chris? Yeah, again, I wasn't sheltered, but they were a little bit more selective about what I watched. And 
I know it's hard to imagine in 2024, but around that time, there there was a day where some movies didn't have any cuss words at all. I mean, I'm talking about like no D word, no H word, not even the A word, none of that. And so my parents didn't like me watching movies with curse words in them. Um, and so we usually tried to refrain from movies that had curse words in them. I know it's wild to think because now even kids' movies have curse words in them. Uh, but my my parents didn't didn't really want me to watch movies like that or to watch any kind of scary movies. Definitely zombies was kind of out of the picture for sure. And I knew that my parents would just absolutely say no if I asked. Um, and they they were the type of parents like they had to go and watch it first. Um, and so I knew uh, when I went and asked my mom, I said, hey, mom, I was like, can I go see I Am Legend? And she was like, well, what's it rated? And I was like, PG-13. And she was like, well, you know that if it's any PG-13 rated movie, me and your dad have to go screen it first. So I can't let you go watch it until me and your dad have seen it. And so um, Micah was like, hey, like, I want to go see this. I think he even said like, hey. I think it was maybe around Christmas break. I don't remember when it was at all, but uh, I just remember you being like, hey, like, let's go see the movie. And again, Micah now is not really a big movie person. And even back then, he wasn't a really big, like, let's go to the movies kind of person. So for Micah to want to go to the movies, I was like, yeah, it must be good if my buddy wants to go to the movies and go yeah, see it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you this much. Um, after watching it the first time, big fan. So had to take my boy and... We had to devise a plan because, of course, when he came back to me and said, yeah, it's not going to happen, my mom said no. Uh, Chris, I was a bad influence. I, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody right now, the whole world, I was the bad influence friend, okay? Because what happened was we were very smart, both of us, um, but I feel like I would come up with some initial bits and then Chris would come up with some parts of the plans, and so... I don't know. I've warped his mind. Poor guy. Just kidding. He's. he's I'll fine. tell you what happened. I got the idea because I had heard my uncles and my dad. They were talking about stories and they were talking about how they used to uh, go watch movies and they would just stay all day at movie theater hop. Nowadays, you can't do that because most movie theaters have reserved seats. But back in the day, you could just buy a movie ticket and it didn't matter where you sat. And so they would say that they would spend their whole Saturday just hopping around like they would buy a ticket for one movie and then they would just spend the whole day hopping around to different theaters so they would get to see like six or seven movies for like the price of one ticket and it was impossible for them to get caught because they would just uh hop around before anyone could catch them and so i got uh part of my harebrained scheme and i think micah came up with this too we said how about we tell your mom that you're gonna go see this one movie that's rated G, but really what we're going to do is we're going to buy the ticket for that so we have the ticket stub and we have the proof that you went to go see this G-rated movie but when we get in there we're just going to go sneak and see the other movie and the other best part of the plan is we had looked online and we had seen how long the other movie was going to be because I believe your mom uh, was taking your brother and we had convinced her, yeah, we don't want to see... I believe it was National Treasure 2. Wasn't that the movie that we were going to... Yes, were it was National see? Treasure 2. Uh, they were going to go see National Treasure 2. And we said, yeah, we're not going to go watch National Treasure 2. So she said, okay, what movie were you going to go see? 
and we said, okay, Alvin and the Chipmunks. And we had planned it because I think Alvin and the Chipmunks ran 30 minutes um, longer and started before National Treasure 2. So it looked like, okay, they went into their movie, and then once um, once Chris's mom and brother got out of National Treasure 2, it's like, okay, well, that movie's still going. But we had figured out as well, I Am Legend started after National Treasure started. It was only like 10 minutes after. It wasn't that It wasn't. No, that it long wasn't after. that long after. So pretty much what we did was we sat there and we waited in Alvin and the Chipmunks. We actually went to Alvin and the Chipmunks, watched the first 10 minutes uh, or 10 or 15 minutes. And then once we knew the other movie had started, because um, like Chris said, you know, in the days before selected seating, there was only like this little person at a podium attendant, right? That gets you to the hallway of movie theaters. Once you get past that person, they don't know if you're going to the bathroom or whatever. I remember it was, I Am Legend was all the way at the end of the hallway to the left. And that's where it was. And we walked all the way down there, got there right as it started, and it finished. And Alvin and Chipmunk still had time, so did National Treasure. So we booked it back over there. And we actually made it back on time to make the last little bit of Alvin and the Chipmunks. So that way, when my mom asked, how was the movie? We basically just told her the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. We're like, yeah, it was crazy how it ended. It didn't, didn't even see the middle part at all. And it, what was crazy, like you were talking about that hallway, I remember uh, you said I Am Legend was to the left. To the left, to the on right. the end of the hallway to the left. Yeah, it was to the left. Albert and the Chipmunks was to the right, so it was in the way opposite direction. And National Treasure 2 was like on the same hall as Albert and the Chipmunks. It was just like two or three theaters down. So we actually got out of the Albert and the Chipmunks right at the same time as my mom and my brother did. So we got in the car, and uh, my mom was just like, hey, how did it go? And how was, we were just like, yeah, this, this, and this. Now, I will say, watching I Am Legend, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. There were a couple of, like, jump scare parts. But honestly, there was, like, I mean, I think they said maybe three cuss words, and they said it all in one, like, one go at one time. And I remember just sitting, and they weren't even that bad of customers. I think it was like the D word or the A word or whatever. And I remember just sitting there, was like, well, at least I got them all out of the way at one point. So I was like, eh, it's okay. Um, it actually wasn't that bad. No, it, it wasn't. It definitely was not uh, a bad movie. The storyline is great. If you haven't went and seen I Am Legend, um, you know, at this point you can get it digitally. I'm sure you can get it DVD virtually from anywhere. Really, really good movie. Um, I think Will Smith won some awards for that movie. But yeah, that was that was the time that uh, we faked out uh, Chris's mom. Now, we got to say one more bit to it. Um, we were we got away with it clean, but uh, Chris had some convictions, didn't you, buddy? I did have some convictions. I was about to say, I was like, we can't we can't leave out this part of the story. So I I'm sure two weeks had passed. And I just remember I was sitting in math class. Math class was the last period uh, of the day. And I remember just sitting there doing my math homework. And all of a sudden, and I promise you, this was the first time I he heard God's voice. like, And I knew it was God. And I just remember doing math homework. And I just remember hearing a little voice that said, you need to tell your mom that you lied to her at the movies. And I was like, and I looked over at my boy Demetrius. I was like, Demetrius. I was like, did you say something? I was like, was that you? And Demetrius was like, nah, you're tripping, dog. And then I heard it again. It was like, you need to tell your mom 
that you lied. And I looked at Demetrius and I said, bro, I know that was you this time. And right as I'm looking at Demetrius, I hear that little voice say, nah, you need to tell your mom right after you get out of school. So I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, doing the doing the walk, the long walk of shame, walking the green mile, knowing that I'm going to have to tell my mom when I get in the car because it was just like bothering me. It was just bugging me. And so I get in the car and I was like, mom, I was like, I got to tell you something. She was like, well, what is it? And I was like, mom, I'm sorry. I lied to you and I just came clean. I spilled the whole guts and everything. I said, mom, I, uh. I, I went and saw the movie that I wasn't supposed to, and I lied to you about it. She was like, well, was this your idea, or was you, were you more influenced to do this? And I was just like, well, I was like, it was my idea, but Micah also went along with it and everything. She was like, that's why I pray for you boys. I pray that y'all are surrounded by good influences. That's why you need to choose your friends better, because who you're around affects the choices that you make. And uh, I don't think my mom let me go to the movies uh, again by myself for a while. But uh, actually, she wasn't she wasn't like mad, but she was more kind of disappointed that I lied to her. And I actually tell this story to my church kids. And it's funny because like every time like I always ca capture them with this story. They are like glued to my to my their attention is glued to me. Like and like no matter how many times I tell it, they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. And I always have the kids ask well, what movie did you go see? And I was like, it's not important. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave that. let's leave that part out. We don't, we don't need it. Because they'd be like, really? That's it? I Am Legend? I watched that when I was five nowadays, Yeah, right? kids nowadays. <laughs> that that has no no phasing for them. But yeah, when I tell them that story, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like, they they love that story. They hear that story all the time. So uh, it's, it's definitely a good <laughs> life lesson for sure. Um, but it was definitely the time that we got away with it. Um, that's a good story. Even though I did the wrong thing, it was still, you know, it's a fun story to tell. It's one of those, it really, uh, I'm going to take a second here. It really kind of encapsulates our friendship. Like we, we've had a bunch of stuff where it's always worked out, but we've always gotten into some, uh, some hijinks, I guess, or like we've had some bright ideas. Um, and you know, in this case, it worked out well. Sometimes they don't. And, uh, you get to hear that in the rest of the podcast episodes because uh we've divulged on a i lot tell of uh everyone me and micah share a brain sometimes because we're all like oh yeah this is a good idea and most of the time like it's either one of like we both have an idea or like we have part of an idea and then it just comes becomes concocted it's never been anything that's been like almost illegal or you know like there are some things that could have been life-threatening but thank god thank the grace of god that uh Nothing bad happened out of it, but like it's never been anything that's like illicit or immoral or illegal or anything like that. It's just mischief. It's more like uh, stupid kid stuff, like stupid boy crap, right? Like two two good friends getting into some crap, but it's not really that big of a deal, you know. We never really were into anything. But the bad part is, is that whenever we have these ideas, and like this is still true to this day, we're like, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> like, we're like, oh yeah, you should lie to your mom. I was thinking the exact same thing. That's a great idea. And then you're just like, oh man. And then what he's talking about about the compounding is, yeah. And then here's what we should do. And just like in this case, it probably worked out this way. We should lie to your mom. That guy at the podium, he's not going to notice once we're past there. We'll just make it like we're going to the bathroom, right? And we'll just skip the bathroom, go to the left, and there's I Am Legend, 
right? And that's how all the, that's how all the plans always start. It's always like some sick. It's always like some sitcom TV mischief is what we get into. That's usually what it is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, man, are you ready to move to our next segment? Let's do it, man. I'm ready. All right, man. So our next segment is the jelly donut. Who is that private pile? Sir, jelly donut, sir. A jelly donut. Or the jail report. So, Chris, we have some great Florida stories. I got I to gotta tell you, man, some good Florida... Um, and, you know, some of these aren't even arrest stories. Some of these are just getting ushered out of places. But uh, still, uh, Florida... You know, hats off to Florida for just divulging all the information. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. thank you, Florida, for having such open policies about sharing your uh, criminal records and criminal history. You know, I've, I've always, I'm going to put this on, I've, I've always never understood why people don't do this more. Uh, even when I was in high school, we had the school newspaper, right? I always thought we should have the ISS report and plaster these people's faces in there and what they've done I would love to read that. Wouldn't everybody read that? Oh, so-and-so was in ISS for punching so-and-so in the face. Get the exclusive story on page six. They did not like that idea. Anyways, all right. So our first story from Florida. A Florida woman is ushered out of a planning and zoning board meeting um, because she called for, and if you've never been to one of these planning and zoning board meetings, they're very, very boring, and most of the time nothing entertaining goes on. They ha- they open the forum up to the public, and this lady walks up, blonde-headed woman, and she says, also she was accompanied by an older gentleman. I'm looking at the, the picture now. Accompanied by an older gentleman, she asked the board to designate March the 10th as National Sugar Daddy and Mommy Appreciation Day. And, um... Okay, my first question is, I know you're probably going to get into this, but why that date specifically? Uh, it doesn't say why specifically that date, but the quote said from the woman, uh, you guys, you guys may not be aware, but Florida has the largest per capita population of sugar daddies in the U.S., she said, pointing out that South Florida has the most concentrated populace of aged benefactors. And so they should make March the 10th. And also this request was made on March the 2nd. So I guess uh, she was like, okay, a week from now we should have this holiday take place. Uh, She didn't say what she wanted to take place with the holiday, but just a general thing. And the older man behind him was, or behind her was um, assumed to be her sugar. Well, at least she is uh, standing by her man. Stand by your man. Uh, but here's the thing. Thanks, Juan. I mean, that makes sense because there are a lot of retired people that go to Florida, and I'm sure they are very wealthy. And you know, I'm pretty sure they are looking for some sugar. Uh, for sure. Yeah, and, I'm sure. But I mean, yeah. she's trying to at least bring acknowledgement to it. I mean, I don't know what they would do on said holiday. I don't know if she wants, like, a day off from work. I don't know. Well, she probably doesn't work, but at the same time, I don't know. What does this woman want? It's a different kind of work. It's a different kind of work. Maybe, maybe you know, she wants all the all the guys to pull out their yachts and, you know, I don't know. Who, who knows? So, who like, knows? a 4th of July barbecue. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's a holiday. Get together, drink, you know. I'm a sugar daddy. I don't I don't know. I have no clue what she wanted from that. Anyways, gotta love Florida, man. They, they come up with some great stories. 
Um, and it's organic. We don't even have to make this stuff up. All right, so this next one here, uh, this is a good old-fashioned police chase that was happening. Um, apparently, it was just like the real-life Grand Theft Auto video game, as what it says here. So the chase ensued after deputies clocked a 22-year-old driver going 172 on I-75. Uh, he was accused of ignoring deputies' lights and sirens, topping speeds of 210. What was he driving? That's my question. What was he driving? Was he in a Lambo or what? Like, my goodness. My question is, and how do the cops keep up? Maybe that's why, I don't know, man. That's that's kind of an interesting story there. How do you, how do you uh, get up to those speeds safely, like, without running in or wrecking or losing control or running into somebody? How, how do you? That's do my that? question. I don't know where this was at. It says Collier County. Uh, the only thing I know about Collier County is if you've seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, they had to go down to Collier County. It's in the... If I know anything, if, if the movie's true, it's in the middle of the swamp, but I have no clue. Because um, I've, I've driven in Florida plenty of times, and it's there's always too much traffic to be going that quick, even on the interstates. So I have no clue how he got up that quickly. But obviously he was endangering public safety, so they arrest him. And um, on the drive to the jail, the driver apparently told the deputy it felt like he was in the video game Grand Theft Auto. See, that's the, to the problem, sheriff. man. People play in those because it really is true. You play enough of that. Like I've had the thought, like, what if I just run into this, or what if I just do this, like, like in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, and especially if you played on like Days on End. Remember when we first got it, or we when we rented it from Hastings? Like we can talk about that a different time. But when we rented it from Hastings the first time. You know, I remember even talking to you about it. It's like, when I go out in public, it's like, oh, yeah, I could just smash that window and break into the car. It's like, why am I having these thoughts all of a sudden? Uh, it's because I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, I guess. All right, so you ready for this next Florida man story? Let's do it. Uh, shirtless Florida man found climbing a tree in the Everglades like Tarzan. Um, so apparently the police lost sight of him after a chase, but it wasn't long before they found him, and he was climbing a tree. Uh, so he took off, from what the story sounds like, it sounds like he took off into the Everglades, which is not something you want to do, just FYI. Uh, took off into the Everglades, and um, he started climbing this tree, very, very tall tree. And um, basically the body cameras showed him trying to come down from the tree. And they had all the canines around him. So, you know, I mean, it's only a matter of time. You got to come down from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, you can't be playing around with them. But it doesn't say what he was what he was running from them for. Um, I don't know. Uh, why why would you climb a tree, especially when you're running from the police? Don't you know the canines are going to come out there? Sounds like uh, good old Florida. Maybe some bath salts are going on or some craziness. The heat gets to you. I don't know. So we're going to move on to our very last one here, and uh, we've actually reported on this before. But hey. Uh, it's so good, we're going to do it twice, and especially when we're revamping the first one here. Remaster, why not bring it up again? Uh, a Florida man hides in a unused ice chest, so it wasn't plugged in apparently, and uses a whiteboard in the front of his house uh, to try to evade deputies by saying that he does not live here. Yeah, Florida man tried to evade um, deputies. Like, like I said, he was hiding in a freezer. Um, one of those ground freezers or what, what do they call them? Like chest freezers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it was unplugged. He was hiding in there. Uh, but the main bit, uh, they come to the front door and it says Johnny Yates does not live here. And 
yeah, deputies didn't buy it. And so they began looking around the house because they had a search warrant and found him in the ice chest. So they arrested him for some other warrants that he had. But yeah, that's FYI, if you're running from the police and don't want them to think that you're at the house, don't put on a whiteboard, hey, I'm not here. Yeah, don't do not do that at all. That's just, that's just not smart. It's just not smart at all. That's just that. All right, man. Well, that was our jail report or our jelly donut. So you ready to move to our next segment? Yeah, that's going to be the donut hole. We talked about this on the OG version of the pilot episode, but it's a... A sports story from the past, or a sports figure from the past, should we say. And their fall from grace. Okay, let's talk about this, Chris. So, Chris, and, you know, I I grew up there, too. I don't know where I could technically say that I'm from, but Chris was born and raised most of his life in Georgia. Uh, And so, this figure was a very prominent sports figure in the state of Georgia, by the name of Michael Vick. Now, Chris, talk to us a little bit about what Michael Vick meant to the Atlanta Falcons, the NFL football team, and the state of Georgia, period. Basically, Michael Vick, you got Michael Vick, and then there wasn't a good quarterback until about Matt Ryan-ish. So Michael Vick is a staple. Like You can't not think about the Atlanta Falcons at that time without thinking about Michael Vick. And the sad part about Michael Vick is Michael Vick was a revolutionary. He was before his time. He was, uh, what made him stand out, number one, he was left-handed, so that automatically makes him stand out. Number two, he was uh, among a group of quarterbacks. There was maybe two others, Dante Culpepper and Donovan McNabb, and uh, most quarterbacks are Caucasian, but he was African-American, and so that also made him stand out. But also what made him stand out, too, uh, being a quarterback was the fact that he was uh, the first to kind of pioneer, not pioneer, but like he was most known for being a scrambling quarterback. Now you see a lot of quarterbacks, um, they get out of the pocket, but back in those days, the early 2000s and before, it was always told to the quarterback, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket. But Michael Vick was known for just rushing the ball. He was a rushing quarterback. He was good. Um, he was kind of revolutionary in that aspect. Yeah, he was. Best I can describe him was, uh, and you talked kind of about the other quarterbacks that did it at the time, but not quite as. Michael Vick was almost like the, um, how do I put this, like the playground or backyard quarterback, if that makes sense. Like the guy who was extremely elusive, very quick, can get around there. But you know what? It garnered attention, and a lot of people liked him um, for a lot of his abilities. But at the same time, I remember even early on before we, you know, before some of these issues that we're going to get into, um, some people like my parental units. And I think, you know, Chris, you probably had something with with your dad at some point where it's, you know, that style wasn't popular back then. Like it was new and cutting edge, but it really wasn't popular. You know, a lot of people are, I don't know about that dancing around back there and all this other stuff. Just throw the ball. Don't be running around. Don't be dancing around. And just like Chris said, nowadays we have people, um, you know, we're talking about the Super Bowl and the playoffs that are coming up right now, and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is basically, like, he's different than Michael Vick, but Michael Vick paved the way for those styles to be in. I digress. So, Michael Vick, I remember, man, everybody had Michael Vick jerseys. I remember he was extremely popular. 
Everybody wanted to be him. When I talk about even being on the the recess playground, right? How many kids were out there with their Michael Vick jersey trying to act like him? I can think like a lot of them were trying to juke and jive like him. He was a lot like the Allen Iverson of the NFL at the time. And if you don't know who Allen Iverson was, he was in the NBA. He was kind of, in a weird way, he was that differing rebel figure. But, you know, as much as everybody liked him, the tide started changing a little bit. And, uh, Chris, what, what kind of happened when you started seeing it kind of change? Um, so Michael Vick was kind of a polarizing figure, and I remember this is kind of what started it all. And if you know anything about Michael Vick, you know the big thing that kind of his fall from grace uh, that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But what started it all was I don't know what happened. I Maybe he had a bad game. I don't know what it was. But I think uh, the fans were booing him. And he just gave the double birds, flipped them the dirty birds on the way out. And that was like a bit like that made the news headlines on everything because it was unprofessional. He was basically saying, I hate I hate this uh, city of Atlanta. I hate all my fans. I don't even remember why he flipped them the bird. Do you? Yeah, so kind of. So they had played the Saints, which were uh, in division rival. And I remember they were bad that year, like really bad. They had only won three games, and out of context, I think this was, you know, out of 17 games, you only win, or 16 games, you only win three. That's not real good, right? And so I think, you know, there was a few fans that had stayed afterwards, and I remember they were kind of yelling and screaming. I'd watched it live. Uh, Of course, it was on the news but yeah, he double flipped off the fans as he was running out into the tunnel and even was like cussing them out too, which was, you know, just from what we were talking about before, everybody had his jersey, you know, he's very beloved. Everybody really wanted to imitate him, um, especially at that time in the South and where it was, that was extremely disrespectful. Like that was extremely disrespectful to the fan base. That was extremely disrespectful to Atlanta. It was just extremely disrespectful all the way around. I remember it was just like a punch in the gut to to the fans of the Falcons. And even if you didn't like them, because I didn't, I wasn't a fan of the Falcons at the time. But even then, it's like, ooh, that's that's messed up. You know, you, you flipping off your own fans. Like it's one thing if you're if you're you know if they're playing in the Superdome against the Saints at in New Orleans and people are heckling you and you flip them off. That's already pretty unprofessional, but that's different. But these are, you know, your fans in your building, which is pretty, just pretty crazy. Uh, but then, you know, it was interesting because the story kept divulging. I remember that was the start of it. And there was a few other things that happened, like his, um, I remember he got scammed by one of his managers at one point, stole millions of dollars from him and all sorts of stuff. He was like in the news a ton, whether he was the victim or actually doing it, you know, he was kind of always in the news. And then the big thing happened, and Chris, I'll toss it over to you for Oh, that. yeah. I remember where I was when I found out about it. Because, weirdly enough, my grandfather, of all people, actually told me about it. My grandfather is not into sports um, at all, but he was like, yep, did you hear about what happened to Michael Vick? And I remember I was at a McDonald's eating ice cream in Avery, Georgia. I don't know why I remember that specifically. Um, it's one of the few memories that I have with my grandfather, but... He was like, yep. He was like, Mike Vick got in trouble. He's uh, he's getting arrested for for dogfighting. And so he was organizing dogfighting rings, putting uh, pit bulls up against each other to fight to the death, um, which is horrible. And so then I just remember that was a big thing. And then I remember that caused like a big divide because I went to school. That happened in the summer. 
And I remember I went to school the next year, and I remember seeing people still wearing Mike Vick jerseys. And I remember just seeing this one guy, and I was like, why are you wearing a Mike Vick jersey? He was like, he was like, that don't mean he's still not a good player. He was like, he made some mistakes. And I was like, yeah, you right, you right. Um, but I remember that, like, they made a whole big thing about his trial. He was in the news. They televised his trial. Like, it was like, that was his fall from grace for sure. Um, yeah. And the defining moment in his career. But he did get some redemption because he did go to prison, I think, for three years. Yeah, he did for for a few years. I remember they, uh, they like you said, they televised uh, the court proceedings. And then they also televised him going into prison. And then the day he got out, I remember the day he got out. And the question was, you know, it was kind of unprecedented since OJ and things like that. But see, OJ was already out of his career. What's going to happen with Michael Vick? Like, does he have a career again? Is he even able to play? Because, you know, weird things happen with football players and things like that, if you don't know. Even three years, we don't we don't know what kind of conditioning. We're talking about the peak physical athlete before three years he could be a totally different person we don't know and uh but yeah he ended up actually he uh i don't know about his personal life but he seems rehabilitated and has done really well for himself actually he went back and played for the philadelphia eagles and uh played for them for quite a bit didn't he i mean yeah was... he did but i don't think he ever recovered he did not go to like he was it wasn't the fame and the greatness no um, no as he was, it was but he did kind of have a redemption yeah you know the people of philly loved him he took them to the playoffs pretty far for a few years and he was still very talented um and now he's a sports commentator you know so uh it wasn't extremely detrimental to his career but still people do remember i mean um i don't remember who it was but there was at one point where i saw somebody or i we saw michael vick as a commentator talking and um somebody said oh isn't that the the guy who got caught dog fighting it's not a stigma that's ever going to leave him but uh yeah that was a very interesting time man i i remember it went from that fall from grace was so quick when that news dropped that i mean even that he was getting indicted for doing that or his name was a part of because there's a whole ring that got busted it was like his brothers and like a whole bunch of other people that got busted for it and uh, once his name was on it, man, I remember there was people giving the Michael Vick jerseys to like the the dog pounds in the town, and we're like we're like in Atlanta, and there was like, do you remember the news footage? It was like people picking up dog poop with uh, Mike Vick jerseys and stuff. It was crazy. It time. was sad. The only thing I remember, and this is the last thing before we transition, but I just remember I loved playing as the Falcons on uh, Madden 2005 because I liked Warwick Dunn and like peerless price and all them but i didn't like playing with michael vick because he was left-handed so that changed like the whole way i had to move the quarterback and like look at the screen and play so that like definitely changed the game so i was like oh man i need to trade mike vick for some craziness <laughs> craziness but yeah that was a crazy hero to fall from grace to then kind of okay again uh story so interesting um but we're gonna move on to our next segment which is what fries my donuts and hey if it's uh it's kind of like family guy with what grinds my gears but our own version of it so chris what fries your donuts man well i have to preface this is it preface or preface which i say preface it's it's I say it's, pre- it's I read pre- it as preface pre- i know i i read it preface i read it that way too i get it it but I've been corrected too many times. I've got a teacher yeah, for a while. I have to preface this by saying I am not talking about 
my wife or Micah's wife, uh, they are they are not one of these people. Okay, so hear me on that. I'm, we ain't trying to get in trouble. I, I mean, it's not, it's not true. I just don't want people to think that I'm talking about my spouse because I'm not. That's true. That's something we didn't have to worry about on the on the first one. So um, I don't know. I don't like uh the people that are in relationships with people that just don't do anything. Like they have no motivation. They have no goals. Uh, their partner is just sitting on the couch. And like these people get so excited about the pe- their partner doing the bare minimum. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh, so-and-so texted me today. Is Aren't they just the best? Aren't they so great? And it's like, uh, that's kind of the bare minimum. Or, oh, so-and-so, uh, they took me out, and uh, they, they, they got me McDonald's, and they brought me McDonald's home. They are just the best. And it's like, okay, that's always good. But then everything else, it's like that person doesn't have no job. They just lying around doing nothing. They're sitting at home playing Xbox or just out spending all the money. And, and then come to find out, him. she had to actually pay for the McDonald's herself. He just happened to drive her over well, there. Well, no, no, no. He just used yeah. her card. He just That's used her car and, and drove her <laughs> by the McDonald's while he was going to her other chick. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just he just drove her car to the McDonald's and picked it up. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that, but like, and I'm like, why do these people? just stay with people like that man like i don't i don't understand that they're they're just sitting around doing nothing and they're like i guess they're mooches they're burdens i you know they're they don't have any goal yeah and you know what fries my and it's not what fries my donuts about it's not gender specific but each each gender got their own stuff going on with it now i've seen too many guys that expect their women to treat them like mom did them and listen for a grown behind man, you shouldn't be looking for a mom figure. That's all I gotta say on that. Like I that I don't know about you, man, but that all that aggravates the mess out of me because a lot of these guys that you're talking about that sit around and play Xbox and whatever, they want to not do nothing or you know even work a little part time job, come home, play Xbox, have their meals cooked for them, have their laundry done for them, have whatever, and oh baby, you know you so great, and have all of this, and they wonder, you know, like I don't understand that, I don't understand that at all. But they want that's all they want. They want a mom, even emotionally too. They act like a child, and want oh you know, and they anyways. I'll digress off of that one. But same thing, man. There's a lot of ladies out there, too, that are exactly the same way that be putting it all on the men's back. You know what I mean? And just because and they use that. Oh, I'm supposed to be the woman and I'm not supposed to do anything. Man, that ain't right. That ain't right. It's each individual situation is where it's supposed to be. Whatever relationship it is. Listen, if that's the dynamic y'all work out, that's about y'all. But most of the time... Y'all are just a bunch of deadbeats. And most of the time, what ends up happening, too, how many times you've been sitting there watching Jerry Springer or Amari, and it's it's like he ain't got no job, he's got three kids with other people, and he's sitting around doing nothing, but, oh, no, I'm going to go back with him even though he's cheated on me three times. Like, man, don't make no sense. There, there's a difference in, like, there's some season where, like, Maybe someone's out of a job and they're still looking or they're trying to go to school and like you're supporting them. But these are the same people that are like, oh, yeah, all women are just awful or, oh, yeah, all dudes are just awful. They ain't nothing. They, they're just horrible. And da, 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 I can't find a good man. Da, 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 da. And my thing is like and to paraphrase, paraphrase Cat Williams is like, no, all the people you mess with 
ain't nothing. They ain't worth that much. And I'm like, you need to figure out what it is about yourself that's attract attracting crappy people. Because you want to be like... Trash attracts trash. Yep, exactly. You need to have better standards for yourself, man. But then they're, they're always crying because they're like, oh, yeah, uh, Jimmy cheated on me. And it's like, yeah, because he has all the time in the world. And then you ask Jimmy, why'd you cheat? Well, you were never there. Or you were never home. And it's like, yeah, she was out making the bacon, bro. She was out paying the bills. You weren't doing nothing to help. Like, of course she's going to be not home because she's having to support your lazy behind. And that's what happens on the other end, too. There's a lot of times where it's the dude's out there working 16 hours a day. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I've been cheating on you behind your back for, for six months or whatever. Why? Because, oh, you ain't never there. And I want to go out and do stuff. Anyways. It, it happens all too. Bro, long. why you tr- why are you trying to bring up my past? Why are you trying? Bro, to bring up I'm trying. I'm bringing up my past. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I, we we've had some experiences, the both of us, very very similar on that front. So, um, <laughs> we weren't we weren't the ones cheating, by the way. So no, no. Just to clarify, no. We know. It, we were the ones out working six. Yeah, we now. were the ones busting our humps. We weren't the ones getting to play Xbox. So let's move on. I'm good to move on if you are. All right, man. So we'll move on from what fries my donuts to a more positive, funny segment, which is our mystery donut or our improv segment. So Chris, our improv segment, we're gonna do some free improv and we're gonna do uh, scenes from a hat sort of thing. And uh, we're going to pull an accent, and we're going to do a location. So are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, man. So it's old men. Okay, I can do that. Waiting at the airport. That's great. I was just at the airport not too long ago, like three weeks ago. So that should be great. You already know how it is. You already know how it is. All right, so um, if if you want, you can start it, or I can. I'll start. Yep, yep. Even though we got here three hours early, we need to make sure we check the boards. Make sure our gate hasn't changed. Make sure our gate hasn't changed. You know, there's only five gates here, but we need to make sure it ain't changed. I was in Oklahoma City in the 1400s. I mean, the 1942. And uh, there were three gates, and I had a problem with that. So I agree with you 100%. Before we go to that Cinnabon, we need to make sure that we've got everything that we need covered. Oh, Harold, I told you not to put your dentures in your checked luggage. Now you now you're just looking all crazy. You can't even eat nothing. You can't even eat that cinnabon. You know why? Because your dentures are in that checked luggage. I told you you should have put them in your carry-on. I knew I forgot something. Dang it. I, you know, I hope TSA didn't mess with that. Yep, well, you know what this new administration. You know TSA, they're up, they're up and spending our tax dollars TSA. I'll tell you, it's government interference is what it is government interference. No, I don't think that's true. I think this... Oh, boy, I'm getting tired. Oh, man. Oh. I think this administration is... I think, uh... Harold, Harold, uh, wake up. Wake up. You know yeah. you're at death's doorstep. You don't need to be sleeping. Next thing you know, Grim Reaper take you, snatch you up. You know what the Bible says, don't you? It says he come like a thief in the night. That's what he's about to do. Steal you. Steal you. He'll take you to heaven. I wasn't asleep. I was, I was, uh, I was talking about, uh, the, the Cinnabon. I already told you. I already told you. There ain't no Cinnabon here. Hey, what, what seat are you on? Are you boarding in group seven or are you boarding in group five? I want a pre-board. Pre-board? Pre-board? What you need is on pre-board. Pre-board for sissy. You know, back in my day, there was no such thing as pre-board. Back, there was no such thing as airplanes. Walk, walk though, jumped in an airplane. Like, only airplane you be in is you're flying over Nagasaki. Hiroshima. No habit of them, don't you? Boom. 
Kapoot. Not there no more. I'm more important than the women and children, and I need to be put on first in the pre-board. 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 You ain't important than nothing. You know what? Your wife left you. She took all your money. I told you you shouldn't have sent that money to that Middle Eastern people that was saying that they love you. You knew she was 24, and she was asking you to send send you send her money through Google gift cards. That didn't cause a red flag to you. You ain't. Come on. Come on, Harold. Now, hold on. She said that she was an ousted queen, and I needed to help. Now, when a queen targets you and says, Hey, I need help, you you listen now. Come on. Come on, Harold. Speaking of queens, you Nancy. Let's go. They're already calling us for pre-board. I thought you said you didn't like pre-board. I didn't, but I got to will you. That's why I'm trying to get on first. Got an exit row seat, so I got some extra leg room. Hope you can maneuver those those doors. We got a board right now. I want to go to the cinema. That was our improv segment. Uh, I love how you changed it from this from the Wetzel Pretzel to the Cinnabon. Hey man, you gotta have some place that you go to in the airport, and I know that. So Wetzel Pretzel, I don't even know if it's in existence anymore. Have you seen one? Yes, it is. Is it? I've seen one, and actually, I saw it at uh, it was in the Orlando airport, and I saw it at Disney World. Okay, okay. There used to be Wetzel's Pretzels at, like every airport. I don't know what happened and why there's not anymore. I think they got be... bought out by Auntie Anne's. Yeah, that probably makes sense because there is an Auntie Anne's everywhere in the airport. Uh, and then there's it also seems like there's a Cinnabon in most every airport as well now. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we'll move on to our last segment, which is the Eclair segment, finishing off with our positive advice. So Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. Um, for my positive advice this week, we live in a time where we have technology that we've never had at our fingertips, and we have a ton of modern conveniences that you know, I'll be honest with you, even 10, 15 years ago, I couldn't dream of when we were first doing our first, uh, you know, when we were first doing our first variety show, I don't think I ever dreamed that we'd be doing a podcast or anything like that. Here we are and having the technology and, you know, I'm, I'm going to break character for just a second. You know, in our first episode, Chris and I were actually in the same room, um, you know, podcasting together. He and I are at a great distance. I mean, he and I are 400 miles apart right now, and we can speak to each other and coordinate this and um, get it done instantaneously. And so we live in a fantastic time. Don't let the negative bits of life deter you from understanding the good times that we're having. Now, it might not be, you know, technology and things like that. We live in a time where there's so many good things happening whether there's good things happening in your life, things like that, things can change. And before you know it, you're going, man, those are some good times. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm going through a portion of life right now where it's like, man, I thought I was working hard then. No, not at all. I was actually resting a lot more then than I am now. And I wish I had those times so that I can uh, take some time to rest now. But it, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And so just enjoy the times while you have them. And because you'll think back about them later and it is so much better if you enjoy and cherish the times and um, just enjoy the times that we're living, man. We've got, again, we've got everything at our fingertips. For sure, man. Good word. Good word. Mine is, I'm going to keep it short, um, but mine is make your goals uh, quantifiable. And what I mean by that is everyone and we're already into the first month of the year, right? All, almost already wrapped up. But at the beginning of the year, everyone's like, 
oh yeah, I'm going to read more or I'm going to work out more or I'm going to be more or I'm going to eat better. Okay, if that's your goal, you're not going to do any one of those three things. But if you say, you know what, by March, I'm going to try to do 100 pull-ups. Okay, well now you have an actual goal and you have an actual deadline and you have an actual number to that goal. Or if you say, you know what, by May 31st, I'm going to read five, have had five books read. And I'm going to do that by reading two chapters a day. That's an easy attainable goal. But for you to just make general goals and not put any quantify, uh, quantifying factors to them or any deadlines to them, you won't reach your goals. And so it's good to say, you know what, I'm going to eat more or I'm going to eat less or I'm going to work out more or work out less. I don't know what you're going to do, but you need to make sure you have an action plan and put feet to the path and then stick to it because then again if you give yourself a deadline you're more uh actually able to do that goal and you're going to look at it and say you know what march is coming up i'm at this point i need to either adjust this goal or i need to uh catch up to it so yeah absolutely and i'll just say one other thing um about that consistency is key it's very it's easy Everybody says starting is the easiest. No, that's not true. I wouldn't say that, or I'm sorry, that starting is the hardest part. No, that's not true. I honestly think it's staying consistent is the hardest part. There's so many things in life. I mean, it it becomes easier over time. Take Take this podcast, for instance, right? It was, I wouldn't say it was hard at first, but it definitely took me a lot longer to do everything that I do on a weekly basis um, and I'm sure Chris is the same way to where to get this podcast edited up and running and everything that we need to do. It took me a lot longer at the beginning than it does now. Every Oh yeah. It took me four hours to edit the first episode. Now you can crank that out in how much time? Uh, pretty much an hour, an hour. Ten. See, I, you know, and for me, it's everything that I do. It's about the same thing. It's about an hour, but the first time took, you know, two, three hours. So it's perfecting your craft and it's also not giving up and being consistent because after a while it becomes muscle memory. And I'll put it to you this way. Each week this comes and goes and I don't even think about it. It's part of my schedule. It's part of my plan. So it, um, and before you know it, that workout schedule or whatever that goal will be will turn into that as well. But man, we had a great episode, great remaster of the first episode. It was a, it was a great throwback. Um, we kept some things the same, changed some stuff. Um, but I'll tell you what has not changed, and that's where you can find us, besides one place that has changed. No more TVTrashCan.com, but you can find us still on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then we're on YouTube, so go check that out. We'll have a few more shorts and some other things. Like us, give us a comment, subscribe. Uh, we'll have some posts, some polls coming out, things like that. Um, to see what you guys like, want to listen to more, and uh, see what you guys think, um, get some opinions, that sort of thing, and then uh, also be putting out some more stuff on YouTube, things like that. So it ought to be great. We're super excited because we're we're blazing this new year, um, and it's coming quick, fast, in a hurry. But we're excited for everything it's bringing. Got anything to add, Chris? I'm ready to take this out of the trash. All right, man. Well, we're gonna take this donut box out of the trash. I'm Micah. And this has been episode one, the remastered of the